0: Welcome to Gleaning Wisdom for Life. I'm Shiloh, and today I'm interviewing a very special and a very dear couple, Pastors Yanti and Ruby Davis, who are joining me from Trinity International Fellowship Church. They are the senior pastors, and they are also proud parents to three beautiful children. And they are business people, and they have a passion for ministry, for marriage, and for entrepreneurship they're joining me today and i'm really excited to be doing this interview with you guys welcome pastors Yanti and ruby davis
1: thank you so much Shalom, for having us and it's really a pleasure being here and we are so excited to see what god is doing in the tree of Ministry. and again thank you so much for having us Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. yes we're <laughs> really excited
0: welcome so today we're talking about how marriage is like a garden mm-hmm. and not a farm mm-hmm. let's get all the way into it all right. So, my first question:
2: mm-hmm.
0: I would love, love, love to know how you two met. Oh. Tell us the oh. juicy details.
2: <laughs> okay, now I have the story. <laughs> so, okay, great, great. So we met um, through uh, let's see the church that um, we were going to. Um, um, and i remember i went with my mother to a bible school class and her friend was teaching it and so i went to audit it and i sat in and i saw some young guys in the class and of course i was looking to get married um and i saw a particular guy that was standing in front of the class and he was talking to the class they had an assignment to do i believe it was A speech I'm not sure what it was on at the time Um, but I was like hmm he sounds intelligent Um, so I saw him there and then the next time I saw him was in church being prayed over and I said to myself I said okay all right I wish I was in this this group that he's gonna be a part of Um, but I said to myself and I said to God that I said okay Lord I would marry someone like him and uh, next thing you know he was at my parents business mm-hmm. and uh, he was working for my parents and the rest is history
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and it is is exciting because the same time she was anticipating that is while wow, i was being prayed over and like wow we married him. those were the times myself was believing god looking for a wife So it was really kind of like a divine kind of connection thing because after being prayed for in the church, it just happened that I was looking for a job Mm -hmm. and when I applied to her mom's business, her mom had a few businesses and the branch that she was managing, they were the assignment to actually go and work. Mm -hmm. And so when I got there, I had to report to the manager for that. when I walked and I entered and I saw, I was like, wow. You know, and yeah, and we started talking, but it was really a God-divine setup because since then you could tell that that was just the best fate that God had for us. Yeah, so that's how we connected so yeah. How connected. Yeah.
0: And you've been inseparable since.
1: Yes, married 16 years since mm-hmm. 2017, December 14. Yes. yes. We've been strongly moving together and stuff, so amazing.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's amen. so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah so talk to me about weeding out challenges just as gardens require weeding to flourish you know marriages need that too because sometimes they face challenges can you share challenges that you guys have overcome as a couple
1: oh yes yes you know i'm glad you mentioned the subject of marriage and to have the discussion on marriage because this is something in this time that we really need because there's not too many voices and even ministers that's really addressing the concerns that people have concerning a relationship marriages even singles and when it comes to like challenges in marriages and how to wield out the challenges and stuff and considering even our own marriage when we got married um we had several challenges just like all of you watching the program right now, whatever you are, there are challenges in marriage. But when we got married, one of the things that we really struggled with was learning the balance of pursuing our passion with wisdom. That was really a major challenge for us. And let me just expand on that. That is balancing the pursuit of passion with wisdom. We are both very passionate people. there's this subject called scrim final and we both have taken a scrim final uh, assessment and she has what we call an achiever kind of talent; is one of our top five and so am I. So we enjoy the pleasure of going out and achieving things, whether that's academic, whether that's business, before we met so we can just pursue things and it's not in any way to impress people but it's one of those scrims that God has given us to just like bring more uh, things towards the community to help people. So when we got married, she was doing 18 credits in school and I was doing 18 credits in school. But when we got married, we started a family, had a very young son and we still maintained that weight of our academic pursuit. So we didn't factor in that at that point, family was the priority we were still flying out with 18 credits 18 credits here trying to raise a family and then in the midst of that we started a business something that wasn't right to do so we were putting in hours starting a new business at the same time staying all night to do homework Mm -hmm. at the same time trying to raise a family so we really didn't have the balance of wisdom to know what to tackle in this point but we were flying that was our life but then it started putting a toll on the marriage, you know, because I'm accomplishing my goals here as a student. And at the same time, added full time work on my end. So you got full time work, full time school, then starting a business full time, at the same time trying to raise a family. So every time I would come home, I mean, things would not be in order and I would shift the blame on her when myself was part of the issue as well. And it started to take a drain on our family, communications that had been breaking up. It was like the complaint and the blame game. And I was good at that, you know, and stuff. But the mercy hand of God came in, wherein I started failing in some of my classes, which compelled me to lessen some of the academic law I was carrying. So had that not have happened, I wouldn't have known. And I kept blaming on So the Lord had to use that situation to catch my attention, to say, look, you must know what is the priority here. As much as many men out there, you want to achieve your dreams, your goals, what is the priority? And from the scripture, it's family. I needed to focus on, okay, yes, we want to start a business, but will this have a toll on my family? And when I started to cut off other things, then I had time to spend in the home to address the organization of the home dealing with our young son who was then very young under two years old and stuff so it was really our first challenge not knowing what to tackle first and there's many young couples out there today that yeah you know the busyness of life you're trying to accomplish so much working many jobs but then it's taking a tour on your time with your spouse and addressing major concern and family should always be first before anything else so praise god that we were able to deal with that challenge in you know, earlier, yeah, yes. and stuff. Yes. So
0: that's so good, and I love what you said about that. God showed you what the problem was, mm-hmm. and you acknowledged where you were at fault mm-hmm. in, you know, within the marriage. It it takes wisdom and humility to be able to acknowledge that, and that's really awesome. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So talk to me about tending to growth. You know, gardens require ongoing care and attention. How do you continue to nurture your connection? How do you continue to nurture your personal growth as well mm-hmm.
2: within your marriage?
1: Interesting. You know, I'll let you give this one if <laughs> you want. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay. Um, well, n- nurturing um, in a relationship takes more than just what you can give on your own. Um, so when we're talking about nurturing a relationship, um, in our relationship in particular, first, we have to ourselves be nurtured by God. We yeah. have to understand ourselves. we have to understand who God has made us and we have to let him fill us up and take the things out of us that doesn't belong there. Um, and then from that point, then we can, um, nurture our relationship. Um, and in nurturing that relationship, then we can give out love and respect. And all of those things that the other person likes and loves and needs um, to function in that relationship as much as you possibly
1: can. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's so good. That's amazing. And and I just want to say to that, you know, the point you just mentioned is so critical. Like, you know, people want to build the relationship, okay, and you should, if you desire that, that's That's a real goal that God wants. But you must understand that you can only give what you have. So there are many people out there that want to give the best to their marriages, but then they don't have it to give it. And this is why programming like this is very important where people can learn what are some of the attributes I need to develop first in my own life in order to nurture my relationship because you can desire it but if you don't have some of those attributes like you mentioned connecting with god first you know marriage just like a garden is something when god gives you he expects you to be able to tend to it you know i always give this example if you look in genesis you will see god planted the garden of Eden Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 The Bible says it was God who planted the garden and imagine what God's garden will look like think about the quality of it the flowers and yet that garden still needed man in verse 15 to still cater to and keep and nurture now you will think well you know God gave me this relationship so automatically it should just be great because i'm a believer no it doesn't work that way there must be intentionality about things that you must plan in it you know i must plan communication i must plan love i must plan management i must plan organization i must plan being responsible you know to those kind of things and if god bless you with a marriage and there is no nurturing and putting into it you will end up losing the marriage Mm -hmm. And it's sad that many marriages that have gone through divorce, and even the ones struggling now, that people might think, you know what, I don't think this person is really meant for me, or thank God we even had a divorce, they were not mine. You'd be surprised to see how many people who have had a divorce, the people that actually divorced were actually sent by God to them. But because they didn't know that those marriages needed to be nurtured, they end up losing what God has given them. And you can lose many things that God has blessed you with, except for the Bible says your gifts and your callings in you know, Romans 11:29. 29. Those are the only thing that if you don't nurture, you will still have them. They just will not be functional. But anything, including your life, your marriage, you have to learn to nurture it. And it starts with your connection with God. Finding your place in God. What are some of the things God have called you to? And as you built yourself in those areas, then you come to the marriage, given it. you are feeding the marriage, what you have now generated. So a very powerful point, you know, that you mentioned about connecting with God. Yeah.
0: That's so good. Because, you know, just because you've been given the keys to the garden and you now own the garden, you got the deed to the property. Yes. It doesn't mean that it's a flourishing garden. It may still be overgrown with weeds, exactly. you know, and you need to condition that garden for growth, yes. whether it's through the soil, the fertilizer, the light. And, you know, as we know, everything has times and seasons in a marriage. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about seasons of marriage.
1: Yes. So just like a garden where there is time for planting, and then there's time for weeding out the weeds and then there's time for harvesting. Marriage goes through all of those seasons and you have to, like Adam, guide your marriage. So just as you will nurture plant in it, now there are times where weeds will grow up. You don't even have to do anything for stuff to happen in a marriage. So there will be conflicts, there will be problems, Those things come as a result of life. You know, conflict will come. And I just tell those marriage out there, God does not bring conflict into a relationship. But please hear this. The Lord allows conflict in a relationship as an inspector that comes knocking on the door of your marriage to test the quality of it, to see if your marriage is really built and planted on the principles of God, because how will the Word know that this marriage is divine? The enemy will test it. And in that process, when problems arise, they will come, you know, and it's when we should already have the principles of God to know, okay, here is a problem, here is a conflict, how do I solve it? And this is a big issue in a relationship because even believers, you know, when there's problems in a relationship. People go into different, different moods. Some people go into what I call withdrawal, you know, they just don't talk to each other, you know, some call it like the silent treatment and stuff like that. And when you do that, you are killing the communication aspect of the relationship, which is the bloodline of it. You know, the last thing you want to do is withdraw or silence. And where you pretend like nothing is happening, the husband doing his own thing on his other wife, doing her own thing, and the problem is there. So when you kill the marriage and then they decide maybe after the weekdays, come back to talk, it's like killing something and resurrecting it. And then every time you get angry again, you kill it. you resurrect it. The day will come when you kill it, there will be no power for resurrection because you have killed it enough. But the way God expects us, when winter season comes, which they will come is to be able to resolve the problem, and it starts by first identifying what led us here, what caused this issue, and be sincere. This time I would meet her and say, you know what, I think I was just wrong. I was just so busy. i give you just a recent example. I was just uh, talking to a guy in a business uh, deal I was doing with a guy, and I was very frustrated about it because he was really just frustrating me about the whole issue. So I left already feeling a little on edge. And then just within that time, she just called me and said, Hey, how's everything going? And the way I answered my tone was really hard. And she said, okay, why are you are?" And I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I'm just from talking to a guy, you know, it's identifying. But I could have just ignored that and just dump that frustration on. So it's very important, but we would sit, we would discuss things in the absence of our children. We don't have to yell and fuss and talk it like reasonable believers. And if I'm wrong, I'll tell I'm wrong, you know, rather than not talking or another thing, you know, kind of like the Wayne approach. So that's how we solve those conflicts in winter seasons. Yeah.
0: And I love what you said about, you know, that silent treatment or, because you know sometimes you do that as a means to fix the other person Mm -hmm. and where you feel like you're getting what you want but it's kind of like in a garden you know scenario you're turning the tap off but you know all the plants in the garden are going to die if you're not going to water them you know if you turn the tap off but if you leave the tap on and you keep talking you know you keep talking you keep talking when you're not supposed to be talking you're going to flood the garden You know, and there's not going to be any flowers or or plants left. So,
1: Yes, powerful illustration. You must know, look, this is something I have to deal with. Like you said, you know, if you turn the top of water in the garden, which is the communication piece, you will kill everything in your garden. And marriage being a garden is not just me, it's not just my wife, it's even the assignment we have on our lives is part of our garden. Our children, their lives and purposes, and you know God helping us raise them is also part of the garden. The people God have called to join us in those assignments, they are also. So if we decided out of our own personal ego and pride, because I'm upset and I'm in and I'm not going to talk to her. I have suspended all of the people God has sent to me, all of the projects we have on hand, all of our, our children who are with us. Everything dies in the garden. And even if we decide to talk and we're not arriving at a solution, and we're just talking, it's like overwatering the garden again, you know, and those kind of things. So a lot of things just knowing, solving it, and at what point to just say, okay, here's the solution, and then moving on and stuff like that. Yeah, real key points.
0: Wow, that's so good. And do you have anything to add, Pastor Ruby, to that?
1: Um, no,
2: I think he said it all. The time. <laughs> Talk to-